This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Uh, one of the things that people have done to even take this idea of time-restricted feeding and fasting one step further is to look at one of the most hallmark um, uh, metabolic shifts that takes place when we fast, and that is the production of something called ketone bodies by the liver as a source of fuel for the brain. So when individuals, for example, run marathons, um, the reason that they, they load up with carbohydrates is so that um, they, have, they can go as long as possible um, by allowing the liver to generate glucose from the glycogen that it deposits as a function of all that carbohydrate consumption the day before. And the intent is to have glucose be produced by the liver for long enough to allow for the fat tissue in our bodies to mobilize fat and, and um, send that fat to the liver for the liver to then turn that fat into glucose. And so you have a continuous supply of glucose and the liver also makes something called ketone bodies from that fat that go to the brain specifically and allow us to rem remain alert, aware, and on top of things, even though we, have, we haven't eaten since the night before and we're in the middle of running a marathon. But if people don't manage um, the carbohydrate consumption correctly, um, and if they are devoid of, of sufficient glycogen to bridge until the fat reserves from the fat go to the liver and the liver can make ketone bodies with them, you will have a fuel gap. And if you are unable to make ketone bodies for your brain before the glucose supply runs out, then you hit the wall. And I think you may, many of you may have seen images of people who do that around mile 20 or 21. Um, and that's, you know, shows how vulnerable we are in the brain to um, the need for a constant supply of fuel. And ketone body production by the liver is that evolutionarily conserved source of fuel that keeps us alert and aware when we, it's been a long time since our last meal. So what we've learned is that carbohydrates and their consumption is what shuts off the, ge the, the generation of ketone bodies. Um, because it's associated with the production of insulin. It means that we've now eaten a meal and all of our physiology goes to the fed state again. It resets like a typewriter back to, you know, the beginning. Uh, and so um, by learning this, we've been able to harness specific diets, which we now call ketogenic diets, to by limiting the amount of carbohydrates in favor of protein and fat, allow us to enter a state of mild ketosis, even though we're not fasting specifically to do so. And um, what we found is that if we can limit um, uh, the ketosis and keep it in a very mild state, there are a lot of health benefits that come from that as well because we are evolutionarily very, very conserved to rely on ketones because it is our hormonally driven indicator of a prolonged fast. And we can mimic that by putting ourselves on a specific diet. All right, so this is just a quick um, o o over overview of the ketogenic diet. I think I already went over this, but normally um, when we fast, um, uh, fats are liberated from our fat tissue. That's one of the reasons why we have fat is to actually provide a fuel source when we're fasting. Those fats go to the liver. The liver turns the fat into a number of different things, including um, uh, glucose for itself, fat um, to send to the heart and other muscles for fuel, and ketone bodies, which primarily, as I said, go to the brain. We can recapitulate that by just eliminating or lowering the amount of carbohydrates that we consume sufficiently to reduce insulin levels, 
and by doing that, fool the body into thinking we're fasting in a manner of speaking and liberate this ketogenic um, uh, cycle um, uh, purposefully. And we can also, by the way, engage in the same kind of thing by consuming ketones. And that's another area of precision medicine and nutrition that you are going to see uh, coming out over the next few years. Um, and that is supplemental um, uh, nutraceuticals that are designed to provide ketones um, so that we can get that increased um, uh, ketogenic bump without having to substantially alter our diets at all. Now, the science in that area is really um, new, but that's one direction where many researchers are trying to take it. Um, and so the ketogenic diet is, again, like um, time-restricted feeding associated with a number of different health benefits. And the ones that are shown in dark are the ones that have a, a lot of, um, of uh, evidence to back them up, both in animal models as well as in people. And the other areas that are more gray are a little bit less well-recognized as being bona fide benefits of the ketogenic diet, but are emerging areas that we think are also relevant to uh, what you might be able to expect um, in, in, in response to this diet. And we're trying to find out mechanistically how all of these health benefits work. And that's a very vibrant area of research right now in nutritional physiology. Um, okay, so, um, so even more recently, this again is just a couple of weeks old, and this is from another colleague of, of ours who we work with um, named Peter Turnbaugh. And his lab um, has, has uh, uh, done a study showing that not only does ketogenic diet produce physiological effects, um, that have, um, you know, uh, uh, contributions to metabolic health, but they also produce immunologic effects. And uh, immunological aging is another aspect of um, health span that we would like to intervene in. And so they looked at people on a ketogenic diet, and what they found was that the levels in the gut lining, as well as in the blood, of a cell type, a T-cell type, called TH17 cell, which is elevated in individuals with cardiometabolic risk and in comparisons of people with diabetes versus no diabetes, goes down in response to consumption of a diet that is ketogenic in nature. And in their study, they showed that one of the mediators of that relationship between ketogenic diet and immunological improvement was a change in the nature of the microbiome. And so this is another area, I think now, um, uh, really the frontier area of, um, of uh, precision nutrition um, that is, is really coming to the fore, and that is the microbiome. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.